1: pastor doesn't science disprove the bible isn't genesis just a fairy tale is god for real Did he really create everything in six literal days? didn't god just use the big bang why is there death and suffering Do you really believe the bible
2: didn't man evolve
3: from apes
1: for answers to these questions and more stand by for believing the bible
3: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salzville, all directors at the San Antonio Bible Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. There are always pressures from people within the evangelical community to say just preach Jesus, don't get into controversial topics, and they get to the point to where they compromise with a lot of things in the secular world and Genesis and things of that nature. Our topic today is, do the compromises work, or do the compromises backfire? Can you compromise with Scripture? Terry, this is a big thing with you. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I can tell you I compromised, and I can tell you the reason why. The reason why is when I was... Growing up in the church, I was never taught that I didn't have to compromise. I was raised in a Baptist church. I actually went forward to accept Christ and was baptized when I was nine. But I also started reading the Bible, which was good. But then I could, even at nine years of age, I could understand that what I was reading in the Bible did not mesh with what I was getting from everywhere else. What we had a set of world book encyclopedias that had the geologic column and showed how life developed over eons and then there were documentaries I would see like the Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau where they would talk about millions of years of evolution and just maybe not quite as bad now but it was around then just wherever you would look you know some of the things that were presented to me in school i understood at that age it did not mesh with what i was reading in the bible but yet i was afraid to ask questions and this isn't very important i was afraid to ask questions because i was taught you needed faith and i thought faith meant that you didn't ask questions. So I just didn't ask questions, and the, the church was not proactive in teaching me why I could believe the Bible, starting with the biblical creation account. And so I just went around with this cognitive dissonance in my head, even at a, a young age. And then when I went away to college, I was challenged you know, with Darwinian evolution and the age of the earth, and I wasn't really able to address those challenges because the church had not prepared me. I really lament the lost opportunities to witness somebody and to maybe get them to rethink things because the church had just totally failed to prepare me and I was just kind of left to figure out things on my own. And, and there are ministers that I still have a high regard for that they themselves were compromised to one degree or another on the biblical creation account. And so that's why I was com- I was just not taught by the church that I didn't have to compromise. Well,
3: let's talk about specifically what these compromises are. Carl, one popular compromise with scripture and secular society is death before Adam. What's the big deal if there was death before Adam?
1: Well, if Adam and Eve were supposedly the start of sin in the world and by sin, death, which is what Paul writes in several of his letters, then why do we have to have Jesus come to save us from sin and death if death itself has been around for millions or billions of years prior to any person or persons who may or may not have been actual Adam and Eve? Because when one compromises with the age of the earth and with the veracity of Genesis itself, then do Adam and Eve become allegorical? and completely mythical characters, or as God wrote in Genesis, were they truly the very first man and woman? So that answer is very key. So if you give the correct answer, then Jesus has a reason to come and to save us. And if the answer is wrong, there other words, years of death and suffering, sin before Adam and Eve, or if there was actually no Adam and Eve ever, then why was Jesus quoting about Genesis and his gospels? Why was Jesus coming in the first place to lay down his life for us, to save us from our sin, if there was indeed no original persons to have committed these original sins?
3: What you're getting into is really the question of the authority of scripture itself. Was God telling us the truth in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, or was it just allegorical? Was it all just a story? If the first 11 chapters are all allegorical, just stories, because we weren't ready for the truth, when does the truth begin in the Bible? Can any part of it be trusted as true history, or telling us the truth? Indeed,
1: a very slippery slope.
3: You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salisdell. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is sabbsa.org. Today we're talking about whether or not we can compromise Scripture and still be all right. Whether or not we need to compromise.
1: Well, we know that Terry was compromised, and you know he is a famous person. Maybe his compromise did not affect a whole lot of people. (laughs) But there is a very famous person, Dan Brown, who wrote several books, including The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. Now, he had an upbringing in the church, much like Terry did. And when he had the cognitive dissidence, in his upbringing, he asked his clergyman, What about evolution in the Bible? And he was basically told, Good boys, don't ask such questions, (laughs) which indicated to him that there was no reasonable answer and therefore. The Bible was wrong, and he may as well leave, which he did at that point. So the proper teaching of the Bible, the resting on the authority of the Bible, has tremendous consequences for our lives and for the
2: lives of the society.
3: Terry, why do you think that that pastor gave Dan Brown that kind of answer?
2: Because that pastor didn't know. He didn't have
3: that, an answer. The, 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 there's great truth there. We're not training him in seminary to be biblical apologists. They are given the background in their theology, in their denomination, etc. But they're not scientists, and so they're afraid of this stuff. And that's not new. Uh, they were afraid of this stuff back in the 1860s when Darwin first published. But we've kind of been on the defensive with this stuff now for 150 years, and we really shouldn't be.
1: Another individual who had this problem was a contemporary of Billy Graham. His name is Charles Templeton who started preaching much like Billy did in the 40s and 50s and was even more successful than Billy was with his crusades at that time. But he couldn't answer simple questions. Why would a loving God allow sin, death, and disease and destruction in the world? And he could not answer that question because he did not have a firm grasp of the authority of Genesis. He didn't understand or believe Chapter 3 of Genesis, where the fall occurs.
3: There's a simple answer there for that. We sinned. We asked God to step aside. We brought sin, death, and destruction into the world. Mm -hmm. But if Genesis is not accurate history, if it's not real, then you don't have that answer. And you really get to the crux of it. There are a lot of compromise theories out there people have come up with. There's the gap theory that says between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, it tells a story of the world which was formed and then the angels and dinosaurs were here, and then the place was blown up and then reformed, and none of that's in the Bible. This was very popular a century ago or more because it was in the Schofield Reference Bible. What's the problem with a compromise theory like that?
2: I would say the big problem is The whole point of Darwinian evolution and the whole point of even the idea of the earth being really old is to try to explain things apart from the Bible. The starting assumption is that the Bible isn't true. And and so why do theologians then try to make the Bible fit in with that? You know, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, you hit on exactly the head there. The whole idea of millions of years that are injected by theologians was to keep up with secular philosophers, not really scientists, but philosophers, in order to appease them when there was really no scientific basis upon which to put that. And they only did it to make themselves look acceptable in the eyes of these people who who said they were trying to get rid of God. So why would you want to get in bed with someone who's trying to get rid
2: of God? They wanted the praise of men more than the praise of God. And that's sadly
3: been true. 2 Peter 3, 5 says, But they deliberately overlooked the fact that the long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. A lot of people will just kind of gloss through and run that through that verse today. What does that say to us?
1: It says Genesis is real history. It's quoting directly from Genesis chapter 1, that God created the earth and the waters that the Spirit of God hovered over. And in between the the waters and the waters was the whole of the heavens. And so we have the dry land. It was appeared in the midst of the waters. So there was a whole lot of water going on then.
3: And again, it, it is the New Testament. It is Peter treating Genesis as real history. And not saying that it was allegorical, that it was something to be read through as poetic or anything else of that nature. The age day theory where one of God's days is a thousand years or a million years or a billion years. Progressive creationism where God just goes on holidays occasionally and comes back and recreates new things. Framework hypotheses. What they're trying to do with all of these things is they're trying to stuff millions and billions of years into each day of creation. Well, what's the problem? They've been trying to do it for some period of time.
1: It undermines the authority of the Bible. We go back to Genesis, and if Genesis is not right, then the rest of the Bible basically doesn't mean anything.
2: Uh, That was one of the things that I was actually challenged with, as I mentioned, when I was in college, the age of the earth issue, and, and how could I answer someone else's questions when I didn't even have my own questions answered.
3: We need to understand that compromise is dangerous. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe. You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else Lane and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Saltwell. Thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.